Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast NFL Show. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeremy. We're going to go over week uh, week three, or sorry, week four, and then preview week five quick. Uh, Jeremy's got a meeting soon, so this will be a quick one. But what's up before we get into things? Uh, nothing much, man. I got to go down to Charlotte this weekend and watch the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost, but at least it was a good game. I got to watch, you know... Pretty much prime Kirk. He was tossing balls up left and right, interceptions left and right. So uh, that was fun to watch, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that that is Kirk in his in his absolute element, just throwing goal line picks like a moron. Um, before we get into these games, quickly, uh, my record last week eight and eight. This was a really bad week for me, and I still went five hundred. So not bad at all. Uh, Jeremy ten and six this week. Very good. Um, this was a chalk week. A lot of the favorites won, um, and and we'll kind of get into that. Uh, first game of the week, and I will say, guys, don't expect a recap of every single game here because uh, we're we're on that crunch, and it takes us at least twenty minutes usually to make our picks. Uh, Lions Packers was a good game. High powered Lions offense and defense in this one, thirty four to twenty final score at Lambeau. Uh, Lions got off to a hot start, and unfortunately, the Packers only registered about 20 yards of total offense in the first half. They did look better in the second, uh, but Love really was kind of looking like uh, Justin Fields in this one. Just could not get it going early. Um, Aaron Jones on a snap count. Pretty much the only guy he was able to link up with was Romeo Dobbs, uh, who went 9 for 95 on the day. Uh, And then we had the Lions, who were just absolutely crushing it. Right up the gut with David Montgomery, who had 32 carries for 121 yards and three scores. Amon Ra also got in. Lions looking scary. They're at three and one. Packers, uh, you know, stepping off the gas pedal a little bit, but they made it at least competitive in the end. They are now two and two. Yep, that was a good game. Uh, beginning, it looked like it was going to get ugly quick, but it was mm-hmm. nice to see the Packers have a little bounce back in them in the second half here for the second week in a row. So if they can just work on coming out of the eight hotter, um, they're going to be in a lot more competitive. Yeah, absolutely. They got to get off the bus. They got to learn how to do that. Uh, okay, tell us about Falcons, Jags, Falcons 7, Jaguars 23. Yeah, the Toy Story game uh-huh. and also the London game. Um, this game was honestly very boring. Um, it could have also been the fact that it was like 930 in the morning for us. Um, yeah. but it was just kind of lulled me back to sleep there for a minute. Um, not a lot of offense in the first half, uh, from, I mean, or just in general from either team, 23 to seven final score. Um, Desmond Ritter is not He's good bad. at moving the ball down the field. Um, Bijan Robinson did look very good. I'll give him that. Um, anytime he has the ball in his hands, he looks like a threat to make a big play. Um, but from the Jags side, still kind of underwhelming like they've been all year. Uh, T-Law only 200 and a touchdown, while Travis Etienne took 20 carries for only 55 yards. So their offense still needs a little work. Um, I don't think they're performing to the expectations everyone gave them. But, I mean, a good win to get you back to 2-2. Two and two, And I think they're in London again this week against the Bills. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, let's move on uh, to, I believe the next game was Colts. Rams that one ended in overtime where the Rams were able to score a touchdown through Puka Nakua uh they win the game this was a pick at the beginning of the week Rams now two and two Colts two and two uh everybody just resulting back to the mean uh Matthew Stafford just the ultimate force feeder 
if you want someone to become a extremely talented uh, wide receiver with gaudy stats, you want Matt Stafford as your quarterback because he has made Puka Nakua into a top three wide receiver on the year. He had nine catches for 163 yards and a touchdown. That is an average of 18 yards per catch. Unbelievable stuff. We're talking about Calvin Johnson. We're talking about Justin Jefferson. This guy's name is being mentioned among some of the most talented receivers I have ever seen. And yes, he is good, but I think a lot of it comes down to the guy that's throwing him the ball. Stafford was injured. He still managed to accumulate 319. Just that one passing TD to Nakua. Kyron Williams led the rushing attack with 25 carries for 103 yards and two scores. The Colts looked good again, unfortunately falling in overtime. Uh, Zach Moss not able to get it going as much as he would have wanted. But AR uh, 15, AR 5 really. Uh, spread the ball around enough. Andrew Ogletree getting into the end zone. Mo Alley-Cox. Uh, and Richardson himself rushing for a touchdown as well. Colts are are much friskier than I would have expected this year. Uh, and I think the Rams with Cup coming back, if, if Cup and Nakua can both stay on the field with Higby and with Kyron Williams kind of, uh, you know, evolving, man, the, the Rams could be scary in the NFC. I, I know it, we're already giving it to the Eagles or we're giving it to the Niners, but... Uh, Rams are Rams are looking kind of threatening on offense as long as Stafford's healthy. Yeah, I mean they're not too far removed from the Super Bowl, which is what I mm-hmm. feel like everyone forgets. And Matt Stafford's still good, like you said. He's you know he he'll get the ball to your wide receivers uh, in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's good. The Colts, like you said, they do. I was low on the Colts coming into the year. I know neither of us were huge on AR coming into the season, but I mean, you got to respect what he's doing. They were down what, like 21 zero or something. I had yeah. notifications up on my phone. They were getting smoked. And then to bring it back like that, I mean, that's a good sign out of your future potential franchise quarterback. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's move on. We're going to briefly gloss over Ravens Browns Ravens improved to three and one defeating the Browns 28 to three. Lamar, really good game. Two touchdowns on the ground, two touchdowns through the air. Got Mark Andrews involved. He had two touchdowns himself. Um, the Browns are awful without Deshaun, and they're awful with Deshaun. They are 2-2 two and two somehow, um, but they had Dorian Thompson-Robinson uh, under center in this one. He threw three picks. He kind of looks like, uh, like a, if you put a Toy Story character uh, just under center and made him play in the NFL. This guy's not NFL-ready. He looked terrible, and they were only able to get uh, three points out of this game total. So uh, David Njoku, the guy that got his entire face burned off and showed up in a saw mask, uh, was the leading receiver with 46 yards. That defense did not show up either. So terrible game there. Uh, I'm I'm sure you agree. We don't even need to talk about that disgusting game. Um, How about this one? You were here. Vikings 21, Panthers 13. Yeah. Bad day for the Vikings offense, surprisingly, yep. um, especially with all the guys out for the Panthers. But um, they moved the ball down the field in a hurry to start the game. Uh, and then Kirk threw a pick six on, like, the three-yard line. So uh, that was cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Vikings walk away with a win. They can't, You know, both teams coming in 0-3. It kind of felt like this was the get-right spot for the Vikings. And uh, it turned out to be that way. Uh, it's just Kirk 
Kirk's not moving the ball well like he did last year. I mean, everyone's always kind of harped on Kirk for, you know, his lack of consistency and his, you know, lack of showing up when it really matters. And it felt like he was doing a lot better with that last year. But, I mean, this year he's kind of reverted back to his old self. I mean, 140 yards and two picks uh, is just is not going to get the job done down the stretch here. So I thought they would, you know, give the Lions a run and possibly repeat for their, their division. But um, it's just it's just not looking like it's their year. I mean, obviously there's a lot of football left, but it just doesn't look great for them. Yeah. Um. All right. Bengals 3, Titans 27, almost an exact repeat uh, of the Browns-Ravens game. Uh, the Bengals are just absolutely horrific right now. Joe Burrow is clearly playing hurt. Uh, Joe Mixon is not doing what he needs to be doing. Jamar Chase, another player who just needs Burrow to be healthy. Burrow needs to move around a little bit more. Uh, we saw Jamar had an impressive game against the Rams, but this offense is just not up to standard right now. Uh, Tyler Boyd's going to be the wide receiver too now because T. Higgins is hurt. Uh, they just couldn't move the ball against the Titans whatsoever, only really massing a field goal. Uh, and then we had Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry combined uh, for two touchdown passes. That's right. Derrick Henry threw a touchdown pass. Uh, he also had 122 and a score on the ground. Hopkins had a decent game, but Nick Westbrook, Akina, and Josh Weil were the two receivers to get into the end zone uh, for the Titans. Titans now 2-2, two and two, Bengals 1-3. and three. Bengals, I would say, are in the last chance saloon. And the Titans, the thing that I keep taking away from their games, is that I do not want to be involved in betting Titans games for the rest of the season. They fucking get me no matter what side I'm on. Every single time they are officially until this weekend when I bet them inevitably blacklisted. Yeah, I, I didn't get to, you know, watch a ton of this game, but um, well, that's good. That's good. I'm kind of glad I didn't. Yeah, I mean, the Bengals, it's just bad year to be a Bengals fan. I mean, they becoming more and more annoying as the years go on um, with them finally being relevant again. And then. They just uh, no good anymore. Uh, but hopefully they turn it around. I kind of feel bad for Joe Burrow. I mean, I know we liked to hate on him when he was doing well. But, like, at the end of the day, it is good for football if he's doing well. And, yes, it's nice to not hear everybody talk about how good he is. But it, it kind of sucks to see him injured and just getting abused. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's move on. Um. Oh, Bucks Saints. Watch this one. Bucks twenty six, Saints nine. I did not. Uh, oh yeah, you were caught, at you I were at a one p.m. game. Yeah, I only caught the four. Me being a dumbass. Um, okay, Tampa Bay twenty six, New Orleans nine. Derek Carr was playing. I don't know. I thought they'd bench him. <laughs> we saw Jamison for one snap, uh, and he threw a pick. <laughs> Yeah, he had one attempt and he threw a pick, which is the most Jameis thing uh, you can possibly imagine. Uh, but the story was Kamara was back. Kamara's back from jail. Uh, he had 13 catches for 33 yards. That is an average of 2.5 yards per carry. The ball was being forced to Kamara so bad. Carr was progressing through his reads and finding Kamara on almost every single offensive snap that I saw. Uh, he had 11 carries as well. Everything seems to be running through Kamara now that he's back. But unfortunately, that was just not enough to get the job done against the Buccaneers team, who were intent on throwing the ball around. 
uh, Devin Tompkins with a score, Kate Otten with a score, Trey Palmer with a score. A lot of the big men scoring in this one. Baker Mayfield with 246 and three touchdowns. Did throw a pick, but that's the standard for Baker. Um, Buccaneers look really good. I don't think it's impossible that they win that division. Saints are still leaving me with a lot of questions, especially with Derek Carr being half injured at this point. Um, but I think the Bucks, you know, they've been really impressive. Their only losses to an Eagles team, uh, who is one of the only 4-0 teams in the league. Uh, I think really impressive stuff from the Bucks. I think the play calling has been good. They're going to be without Mike Evans, it looks like, for a while now. But that's good for Chris Godwin and Chris Godwin owners. Uh, Chris Godwin being the only guy here. He did go for 114 yards on eight catches. Um, any concerns about the Saints, or do you think they figure it out and contend for that division? Because I'm, I'm, I'm really not sold on uh, their coach and kind of really seemingly the entire offensive playbook. They are not scoring points. Yeah, I mean, I was higher than most on them coming into the season, and I still think they have a chance. But with Derek being injured, like if that's going to be a long-term thing, then they're cooked. Because like you said, we, we saw what Jameis does when it comes to the game. I saw that clip on Twitter. They give him one ball. He throws it 50 yards downfield for a pick. Um, and then when he's not in, Derek Carr can only throw the ball five yards. So unless Derek Carr comes back uh, healthier in the next, you know, two or three weeks, this could just be a walk in the park for the Bucks because uh, the Falcons are going to crumble. So yeah, yeah I mean, it's it, it's going to be interesting. This division uh, hurts to watch just in general as a from a non-biased football fan party. Uh, it's just hard to watch a bunch of bad teams. But yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say anything in that division, it feels like. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's bad. It's just a straight-up bad division. Okay, Dolphins 20, Bills 48. The Bills launched an all-out air raid on the Dolphins, who now fall to 3-1. and one. Bills, of course, now 3-1 and one as well. Uh, Tua, with not his best game, still went over uh, 250 yards. He had 282, a touchdown and a pick. Uh, Devon A. Chan with two touchdowns again, went over 100 on the ground. Um, Braxton Berrios got into the end zone, but the Dolphins really uh, struggled to score here. Josh Allen uh, just was absolutely dicing. 21 for 25, 320 yards and four uh, touchdowns. Uh, we saw James Cook get into the end zone finally. Josh Allen rushed one in himself. Uh, Stefan Diggs had three touchdowns. I know Jeremy is a Stefan Diggs fantasy owner, so I'm sure he was happy about that. Six catches for 120 in those three scores. Gabe Davis got in as well. Uh, Micah Hyde with an interception uh, for the Bills, too. Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins just just really, they, they struggled to keep pace with the Bills. Um, this is one that I thought they'd really have a chance in. I was, I was very high uh, on the Dolphins. I know you took the over. I don't know why any of us just don't hammer the over in these games. I'm pretty sure it hits uh, within the last four years. It's hit every time, and I, I'm never on it. So uh, I was. this was an impressive game to watch. I think Diggs and, and Allen uh, really showcased their chemistry, but this was more the Dolphins failing to show up than anything else. Yeah, I sad I didn't get to watch it um, as a consistent Stefan Diggs enjoyer every year in fantasy. Um, but it was it was nice to get the notifications and see him and Josh were kind of cooking because there was that little bit of like um, 
almost i don't even know like tension to start the year between the two like they were getting frustrated that also happens when you're working with diva wide receivers we see it all the time yeah um but i mean it, it was it was kind of nice from my perspective to see the uh seems like that tension's been put to the side and the bills are back cooking i mean josh allen has looked really really good since that first week debacle yeah for sure uh okay next game uh the bears have to be throwing they they have to be uh intentionally tanking because they lose after going up 28 to 14 they let the broncos score 17 points in the fourth quarter and lose the game uh russ cooks with 223 and three touchdowns justin fields we should say was really good in this game uh he was much much better he only threw one pick he had four tds through the air uh 335 yards Khalil herbert was cooking with 103 dj moore had a touchdown uh, Brandon Johnson, Jaleel McLaughlin for the, uh, Broncos as well had one. Uh, yeah, I mean, C- Cole Komet, the safety blanket kind of came back and the bears looked like a functioning offense for a minute, but things fell apart at the end and they go ahead and lose the game to the Broncos. Uh, in my opinion, I think it makes sense for the bears to just completely tank they have the Panthers pick. They have their own pick if they, you know, lose out and play like shit. They could potentially have the one and two picks in the draft next year. And it's time to move on from Justin Fields. So uh, I would say this is a great loss for the Bears uh, and for the Broncos, who are still, I guess, trying to contend. They needed to get a win. This was a got to have it. And uh, they had they got it. Yeah, this game had me cracking up because I, cause I have Justin Fields, so I kept getting notifications, and they were up 28-7 to 7 or whatever it was. And then I look after the game, and they lost. And I was like, how is that possible? You guys were up 28-7 to 7 in the third quarter. And then I go back and read it, and of course Justin Fields fumbled and threw the game securing picks. So yeah. not super surprising. They should offload him. Um, like the Falcons would be cool. Um, the Jets even for the time being would be cool, but yeah, they don't need, um, they don't need him. Just chalk it up. The Panthers are going to have the first pick for you. So you'll get Caleb Williams. And then if you get the second pick, you can get Marvin Harrison jr. And then there you go. You just restarted your whole franchise and you'll be good again. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's move on to the next one. I'm going to give you the 4 PM games. Um, Commanders versus Eagles, one of three 1 p.m. games for the Eagles this year. Um, Commanders 31, Eagles 34. Eagles now 4 0, Commanders 2 and 2. Uh, but they gave us a, or they gave the Eagles a really, really, uh, good run for their money in this one. Sam Howell had 290 and a touchdown. Brian Robinson got into the end zone. Curtis Samuel had a rushing touchdown. Um, but Terry McLaurin was the real story. He had eight catches for 86 yards. Uh, he looked absolutely unbelievable. And our uh, corner and safety play was very weak, very soft. Uh, Howell had plenty of time to pass. Uh, and he was able to link up with his receivers more often than not. So very porous defense uh, from the Eagles in this one. It, you know, We had to take it all the way down for a field goal uh, in overtime to win the game. 
Ertz had a nice game, 319 and two touchdowns through the air. Uh, Swift got into the end zone, but it was A.J. Brown that was the real story. He had 175 on nine catches with two scores. Devontae Smith got up to 80 yards on seven catches. Um, it all really came down to A.J. at the end. Caught two deep touchdown passes. Uh, really needed to find him in the end zone. I'm glad he finally got in. Uh, and as a Jalen Hurts fantasy owner, as well as a half Eagles fan, I guess, uh, it was nice to see him uh, cook. And I'm, I'm happy that they won this game. Unfortunately, they didn't cover the spread uh, for me. I, I should have known better. It's a divisional matchup. The commanders are coming off a terrible loss. They were going to show up, and they absolutely did. Yeah, I got to catch the end of this game, which was nice because it did go into OT there. Um, and yeah, it was fun to watch. I mean, both teams, it looked like played well. Obviously, I missed most of the game, but I was just, you know, checking up on the stats. They were showing the highlights and everything. They all looked like, you know, it looked like a nice competitive NFC East matchup, which is always fun to watch. Uh, but yeah, AJ Brown's been cooking. Um, I love that because I have him in Dynasty. So if he could keep doing that. And then the Eagles. Oh, yeah, I thought they were going to ruin. You said they, they didn't cover the spread for you. I thought they were going to ruin my one teaser. I had a minus two, and I thought... Oh, they got you then. Yeah, there was a chance that the commies went for two, though, at the end of the game. They were talking about it, and I was like, if they go for two, I'm going to be so pissed because they're either going to lose by one or win by one, and either way, I wouldn't have covered. But, uh, yeah, fun matchup, and it's good to see the NFC East, you know, kind of getting some points up on the board against each other. That's always fun to watch. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um. Where are we now? Was no Steelers and Texans was a 1 p.m. game. This one fucking burned us both. The Steelers suck ass. They're terrible. Two and two now. I don't know how. They stink. Texans two and two as well. CJ Stroud was cooking. He had 306 and two touchdowns to the air. Damian Pierce had 81 yards on the ground. Nico Collins went nuclear for 168 yards to the air on seven catches with two touchdowns. Dalton Schultz also found the end zone. And then we had the Steelers where Kenny Pickett looked like a deer in the headlights. Uh, 114 yards, a pick. Mitch Trubisky had to come in after Pickett limped off. He's got a deep bone bruise in his knee. Najee Harris showed up a little bit, but only at 71 yards. Uh, he also had 32 through the air. This Steelers team, the offense is so bad, and I'm hearing a lot about the defense, but they just got fucking carved by C.J. Stroud, a rookie quarterback, and the Texans. This is terrible. Yeah. As someone who's been a fan of a bad team for, what is that, seven years now it's been since ever since Super Bowl, we were terrible. Yeah. I can spot a bad team pretty easily, and the Steelers fans need to come to the realization that their team stinks. Yep. It's They can say, oh, we have George Pickens, oh, we have Deontay Johnson, oh, we have T.J. Watt. Yeah, it doesn't matter when the other 18 guys on the field are terrible. So they just they're hard to watch um good for the texans i didn't expect cj stroud to progress this quickly either um shout out the panthers for picking the worst of the three it looks like but um yeah i mean the steelers are just bad um texans a lot friskier like you said about the colts earlier than uh, previously imagined but good for them bad for the steelers they need i don't know what they need they need a lot yeah they need a lot um okay raiders 17 chargers 24 Aiden O'Connell under center for the Raiders, 238 in an interception. He rushed one in. Uh, Josh Jacobs finally hit Pater. Um, he had 
81 yards receiving too, which is crazy. But that's because Devontae Adams was out for almost the entire first half. Um, we should say Adams showed back up in the uh, final quarter of the game and had like, I think he had like 75 yards in the matter of four plays. It's a shame that he didn't stay on the field for the whole game because he, he really could have uh, paid things out for me. I had a I had nine plus receptions and he only had eight. It's killer. Um, but the Chargers finally uh, sort of figuring things out. They're two and two now. Herbert with 167 and a touchdown also threw a pick, but he got kind of injured in the game. So we'll give him a pass. Josh Kelly still uh, the lead back because Eckler's out. He had 65 on the ground. Uh, Josh Palmer had 77 through the air. We had Keenan get into the end zone again. But the real story was Herbert and his rushing touchdowns. There was a sneak, and then there was a longer touchdown run. Uh, he scored the first touchdown. He also scored, I believe, he scored the last touchdown as well. So there were some parlays, some very strange parlays that I saw on Twitter uh, after this one. Good game from the Chargers, even though, of course, they tried to throw it away like they always do with Brandon Staley. They still cover the spread. I believe it was minus six. They were able to do that, uh, and things are looking a little bit brighter for the Chargers. But still, imagine how much better they'd be if they just didn't have Staley as the coach. Yeah, I had a couple takeaways from this game. The first one being that our boy Devontae is is. QB proof. I yeah. mean, this guy showed up, like you said, for a quarter essentially and went for eight for 75 with Aiden O'Connell, mm-hmm. um, which good for him too. He put up a very competitive fight for a guy who no one had ever heard of, who he probably didn't expect to play seeing as how he was like a, like an eighth rounder out of Purdue. Like he probably didn't think he was ever going to play. Um, so that was good to see by him. The Chargers, Offense, still not the most impressive, like you touched on. I mean, Herbert did have a splint on that non-throwing hand, but still not great. But yeah. their biggest takeaway was Khalil Mack playing football. I mean, that guy had six sacks. They Was that tied for the record or one short of the record? I can't remember. But six yeah. sacks in one game, that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, there was – oh, I'll let you did, – did you watch Cardinals Niners? Yeah, CMC yeah. touchdowns, baby. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I can get into this one. Um, yeah, first and foremost, my king, Christian McCaffrey. I think he had four, right? One receiving, three on the ground. Yep. Um, so that was fun to watch. Um, if you're a CMC fantasy owner, you are probably cooking um, this year. He has been on fire. Um, my king, MV Purdy as well. Still being consistent still not turning the rock over 20 for 21 with 283 and a touchdown i mean that's impressive no matter how much people want to you know say it's the cardinal system to only throw one incompletion while throwing also for 300 yards um it's quite impressive brandon Ayuk um has finally been let out of the doghouse this year um for those last couple years he was kind of in shanahan's doghouse not getting the ball not playing a ton of snaps and now he's just cooking. Um, so they're a well, well-oiled machine, um, and they're going to be fun to watch down the stretch against like the Birds. But as for the Cardinals, also a team that's playing better football than you would have imagined. I mean, Josh Dobbs has been very impressive. He's been not turning the ball over. He's been throwing for 250 yards and a couple touchdowns every week. Um, so, I mean, they could be a quality team uh, when Kyler comes back, but there's just there's no competing with the Niners in that division and it kind of sucks for you know them and the Rams who would like to be competitive but it's not really worth it when you're in their division at this time yeah absolutely uh and then we had Pats three Cowboys 38 
Uh, Cowboys absolutely battered the Pats, who are just terrible. Uh, Mac Jones threw two picks, got benched. Bailey Zappi season, perhaps. Uh, Stevenson not looking as quick as he did last year. Uh, offense in general just looking extremely poor. And then we had the Cowboys uh, offense, who did so well that they had to pull Prescott and put Cooper Rush in at the end. Uh, Tony Pollard, not a goal back, but was okay in the open field. 47 yards on 11 carries. Jake Ferguson with 77 yards through the air. Uh, C.D. Lamb with a touchdown. But the Cowboys' defense, of course, is the real story. Deron Bland with two picks. Uh, there was a pick six in this one. Uh, the Cowboys' D, and and really their offense, too, when they have to be, uh, is just so unbelievable. They're now 3-1, and one, and the Pats, who people had in the top 15 teams in the NFL, are now 1-3 where they belong. Uh, I'm hoping Belichick's reign is over, and I'm very tired of Mac Jones. I think he is a bottom three, bottom four quarterback in the league, right behind Justin Fields, and uh, probably at this point, maybe Kenny Pickett. Uh, yeah, it's it's really bad. Yeah, he's hard to watch. Um, normally, the 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 Patriots have a pretty easy system there to run as a quarterback. At least Tom made it look that way. They do a lot of you know short crossers, a lot of you know getting them getting some easy completions. It's not like they're making Mac Jones throw the ball 50 yards down the field. He just can't do anything. Um, so, yeah, they need they need a reset. Um, Bill, I'm sure, is just hating life at the moment after getting to deal with Tom for all those years and switching over to Mac. So they're, they're in trouble. The Cowboys, they look good again. Their only blemish, obviously, is that Cardinals game. But they very well should be 4-0, and they're going to be a force here the, re- you know, the rest of the season. Yep. Uh, how about Chiefs-Jets? That was a crazy one. Yes, yes. This game was a lot closer than I imagined. Um, a little Sunday night football. I'm sure the NFL wasn't thrilled about it because they were kind of hoping for Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes, not Zach Wilson. But Zach Wilson, good for him, man. He came out. Um, he had easily the best game of his career. Um, 250 yards, two touchdowns, didn't throw any picks, which is very unheard of from him. Um, and I'm sure everyone saw it all over Twitter. He's the first quarterback to outperform Patrick Mahomes in yards, touchdowns, interceptions in one game, all that. So that was good from them. Um, and it kind of gave me a little bit of hope for them moving forward, although I'm sure Zach Wilson will regress this, this week and go right back to uh, normal. But for the Chiefs, uh, Patrick Mahomes, not his best performance, uh, two picks, but that's going to happen sometimes. They still won the football game. Um, Mr. Vineland, Isaiah Pacheco, it's been nice to see him come along this year. The Chiefs has never really had that running back that they need. I mean, CEH was that guy for like eight games his rookie year, but uh, nothing more than that. So if they can get a run attack going, especially with them being weaker, you know, on the outside with their uh, pass catchers, if they can get a run game established um, and just keep feeding Kelsey when it comes, you know, the balls through the air, uh, they'll be good. And, you know, they're going to be another team we see in the playoffs and fighting for a Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, And then we had the final game of the week, Seahawks 24, Giants 3. Giants stink. They're horrific. And the Seahawks, who didn't really play that well, uh, were still able to absolutely batter them. This one was easy for us. We knew it was the Seahawks. They were only a two and a half point favorite. Uh, I hammered it. Unfortunately, DK didn't get his reception, so I didn't win my parlay. But um, yeah, Noah Fant, nice game. Lockett and Metcalf both getting involved. Uh, Kenneth Walker, despite having a touchdown called back early, was still able to get 80 yards on the ground with a score. Uh, and their defense played really, really well. Gino banged up, saw Drew Locke in there in the second half. Uh, hopefully nothing serious for Gino. The Seahawks definitely need him. Uh, but Daniel Jones, he stinks. 
203 and two picks. Uh, rushed for 66 yards. Go ahead, keep doing what you're going to do, and you know, just just rush the ball. I think he might be white Justin Fields, uh, except he's on an insane contract, and that defense just wasn't able to cope. So, Giants are terrible. Thank God, glad to see it. People were sucking their dicks all offseason long, and they look fucking terrible. The Seahawks, who are one of my adopted teams because I love Chino, uh, now three and one. Good to see. Glad to see the Giants lose. Uh, in prime time at home, especially, uh, you know, just the the night after Taylor Swift was there, she just brings terrible vibes everywhere she goes, and the New York teams both uh, falling after she stepped foot in MetLife. Yeah, I mean, nothing more to really add to that game. Like you said, Daniel Jones is not the guy that the uh, Giants thought he was. Um, you can see it on Dable's face every time they pan to him on the sideline. Yeah, he's like, "What did I get myself into here?" Uh, so they need they need to start looking elsewhere. Although I don't really know what you do with Danny. Like I don't know how much money you save by like cutting him, or like no one's going to trade for him. You couldn't pay me to take Daniel Jones on any team, so I don't really know. They're kind of stuck in QB purgatory for the time being. Yep. Yeah. No way. I don't. I don't think anybody's going to want him. It's just it's the same as the Justin Fields situation. Like who the fuck is going to take a guy that is primarily effective through his legs? Uh, I just. I don't think anybody, even even down to Lamar, like nobody want, nobody wanted Lamar, dude. Uh, and he's obviously a former MVP of the league and an unbelievable player. So um, that running stuff, you you can't pay those guys. I know, like we just paid Hertz, but he's becoming a little bit more of a pocket passer. So if you can't develop into that, then you're gonna have a really tough time in the NFL. Um, all right, let's go to games. Um, we got about twenty minutes. Uh, before your meeting, I think we'll be able to get this done. And we will alternate picks as we always do. Tonight's game, the Chicago Bears taking on the Washington Commanders. The Commanders currently a six-point favorite at FedEx Field. They're minus 270 on the money line. The over-under is set at 44 and a half. Uh, Jeremy, let's let's make you go first. What do you have? Yeah, I'm going to go and get involved with a touchdown score okay. this evening. Um I'm going with Brian Robinson. He's looked good out of the gate so far this year. Um, and the Bears just gave up 110 yards to Jaleel McLaughlin. So yeah. um, I can see I can see the commies kind of running away with this, but I'm nervous about the spread just because it feels like everyone's all over the commies. So give me a B-Rob touchdown. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to go with the public. I will go Commanders minus six. I don't want to overthink this game. Uh, that's when things get dangerous. You couldn't pay me money to put money on uh, – you, you couldn't give me $100 and say, here, it's free. Put it on the, the Bears. I would just tell you, keep the money. Uh, so I'll go with Commanders minus six. I think they win this one in a route, especially after how good they looked last week against the Eagles. Uh, my pick up next, the Jacksonville Jaguars going up against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Jags plus 194 on the money line. Uh, five and a half point dog over under set at 45 and a half. Uh, I will go with the Bills. I am taking them to cover this spread in London. I know it's a home game for the Jags, but that offense still looks lost, in my opinion. Uh, I'm hammering Bills minus five and a half. That's one of my favorite spreads in football. Yep, I agree. I'm on the Bills minus five and a half here. I mean, I don't know if they're thinking there's going to be some jet lag or something, but the Jags just um, didn't beat up. They competed with the Falcons, which is not what you uh, – you really want to see there for that first half. So yeah, I'm going to go with the Bills minus five and a half. I think they should cover this. No problem. Okay. 
Uh, up next, the Texans taking on the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Texans currently a two-point dog. They're plus 108 on the money line, and the over-under set at 41.5. Jeremy, who do you have for us here? I never thought these words would come out of my mouth all season, um, but I'm going with the Texans' money line. Uh, I mean, their offense has just looked way better than anything the Falcons have provided all year. As long as teams continue to force Desmond Ritter to throw the ball and not, you know, roll over and die to the run game, um, you should beat the Falcons every time. So I'm going to go with the Texans' money line. Yeah, I'm worried that I'm late on the train, and as soon as I get on, the door's going to shut on me while I'm stepping onto it. Um, I, I just think, like, Texans are a better team right now. They're better and more effective through the air, uh, and the Falcons just can't pass the ball. So I think I got to go with the Texans as well, but I'm worried that I'm late to the party, and this is going to be the week that it flips, and the Texans go back to being the Texans. Uh, I, I think I do believe in Stroud though, so I'll go with the Texans. This is a gamble for me. I don't I'm, I don't feel comfortable, but they say your most uncomfortable bets are your best bets. Uh, okay, Titans versus Colts up next. Um, <laughs> excuse me, I don't want to pick a side. I hate this game. Uh, Titans a two and a half point favorite at Lucas Oil. They're minus one thirty six on the money line. And the over/under set at forty-two and a half. Uh, you can give me the over. I pro- nah. Never mind. I'm not going with the over. You can give me a Anthony Richardson rushing touchdown. This game is terrible, but I think every single time he started, he's got into the end zone. So I, I think that continues. We'll take AR. That's not a bad bet. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been getting the job done. I am going to go, the line's not out yet, but I'm going to take Michael Pittman's receptions. Um, The Titans have not allowed teams to run the ball. And yes, the Colts will do a lot of undesigned runs with AR, um, but I think they're going to try to force them to pass the ball a little bit. So I'm going to go with uh, Michael Pittman receptions this week. And then just for an FYI, I think we did pass over the Panthers-Lions, unless uh, you're looking at DK and they have it in a different order than FanDuel. Uh, Panthers-Lions are up next. I was looking at FanDuel. I mean, they might have changed it if you're looking at FanDuel, too. Um, what's your pick for, for that game? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm taking Michael Pittman receptions. Okay. Do we know where that line is or no? It's not out yet, but every week it's been somewhere around that five and a it's half like mark. It's like four so and a half be... or five and a half, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's going to be somewhere in there. Um... Up, uh, your pick is up next. Okay, Panthers Lions. Uh, Panthers currently a ten point dog at the Lions. Uh, they're plus three seventy on the money line. The over under set at forty four and a half. Jeremy, where are you for this one p.m. game at Ford Field? Yeah, I'm going with a Demont touchdown this week. Um, the or the Panthers can't couldn't stop anyone on the ground. I mean, we let Alexander Madison have his best game of the year, it felt like, and Cam Akers was also running pretty well. So I'm going to go with DeMont. I mean, they've been feeding him every time they get anywhere near the end zone, and with St. Brown being questionable at the moment, uh, it kind of feels like it's going to be a run-heavy game. Yeah, I'm, uh, I think I'm going to go with the over. Uh, all signs are pointing to the under if it's going to be a run-heavy game, but uh, we saw how many points the – Panthers or the Lions put up against a Packers defense who I think is better than this uh, Panthers defense. I think if the Lions 
run it up. They're up 30 nothing or whatever, maybe something like that. The Panthers score a couple points uh, towards the end. This this over could hit easily. So I'm going to go with the over, uh, but I don't really feel great about it. Uh, okay. Okay, up next we have the Baltimore Ravens versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Ravens are a four-point favorite. They're minus 194 on the money line. Over-under set at 38. Uh, I am hammering the ever-living fuck out of Ravens minus four. Yep, I agree. I know the books like to think, you know, this, um, these AFC North matchups are always close. And to be fair, they normally are. But yeah. just the vast difference in any potential of talent the teams have shown this year leads me to believe that the Ravens have no problem covering this minus four. Okay. Uh, up next, New York Giants versus the Miami Dolphins in Miami. Uh, Dolphins coming off a loss. Giants coming off a loss. The Giants are a 10.5-point favorite. They're plus 480 on the money line, and the over-under set at 48.5. Tell me that we're aligned here, please. Yeah, I mean, I don't see this game being close. I did think about taking the over because it feels weird doing these big spreads. I think I'll buy the Dolphins down to 9.5. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Dolphins minus 9.5, although I'm also leaning the over. Yeah, I uh, I'm leaning the over as well. You can give me ten and a half. I think they win this by fourteen points. I think they win by two touchdowns. The Giants are horrific. I will continue to fade them until they show me something. I will take Dolphins minus ten and a half. Um, okay. Then up next we have the New Orleans Saints versus the New England Patriots. Um, both of these teams stink. Saints are one-point favorites at Fox, bro. They're minus 108 on the money line. Over-under set at 40. Uh, I'm hammering the under. You can give me under 40 every day of the week. Both of these offenses have been terrible. I think it's a defensive battle. I think this game is probably 10 to 15 or 10 to 17 at the absolute most. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take under 40. Uh, that shit is free. Agreed. I think this is a smash spot for the under. I'm going to go with under 40. Um, and then if they give any health updates on the Saints, I'll probably be taking the Saints money line as well. I just don't think the Patriots should be pretty much a pick them against anyone. No, so, I totally yeah, agree. I'm going with under 40, but yeah, the Saints are definitely, if you're picking the side here, that's the side to go. Okay. Uh, and then we have the Eagles versus the Rams up next. Eagles currently four and a half point favorite in LA. Minus two fifteen on the money line. Over under set at fifty and a half. Jeremy, your pick. Who do you have? Yeah, this one is kind of interesting. Like four and a half doesn't feel like a lot, but it's it's hard to fade the Rams when you know Cooper Cup might be coming back and it feels like they could put up some points. So I'm going to go with the over here. Um, I mean, after the Eagles gave a bunch of points to the commanders, I think the Rams have a better aerial attack than they do. So I'm going to go with the Rams or I'm going to go with the over here at about 50 and a half. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a juicy over open for a good game. I will stick with the Eagles uh, at minus four and a half. I think it's a good teaser piece. Honestly, this game could be tight, uh, but I, I just, I don't want to fade one of the only teams that's four and zero. I'll, I'll stick with them, especially if Stafford's kind of banged up. I just, I don't know, I'm not totally sold. Um, okay, up next, Bengals, Cardinals, uh, Cardinals currently plus three. Uh, against the Bengals, they're home. They're home, so this is weird. Over under set at forty four and a half. 
I don't want to bet on the Bengals. I really, really, really don't want to bet on the Bengals. Uh, but I don't want to bet on the Cardinals either. You can give me Cardinals plus three, I guess. This is going to burn me either way. Nobody's winning a bet on this game. Uh, I'll take Cardinals plus three, but I fucking hate it. Yeah, this is a stay away game. Yeah, um, don't touch this game. I won't be betting a dollar on it. Nope. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm going to go. I don't know either. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go. I think I'm just going to go on the other side of the ball here. I'm going to go Bengals minus three. Okay. Um, maybe they finally put something together. But, yeah, I will be staying as far away from this game as possible. I just hate it. I want nothing to do with it. I probably won't even watch it. Um, then Chiefs Vikings Chiefs a four point favorite on the road in Minnesota in the dome. Uh, they're minus one ninety six on the money line over under set at fifty two and a half. Uh, Kirk not in one p.m. You can give me the Chiefs minus four absolutely. Uh, how about you? Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, Chiefs didn't play their best football last week. Um, the Vikings haven't been playing their best football all year, though. So uh, I think it's a good bounce-back spot here for the Chiefs. The Vikings may come to play and put up some points, but I think Patty wins this by a touchdown at least. Okay, cool. Uh, and I accidentally stole your first pick there. So uh, you can have the next two. New York Jets versus the Denver Broncos. Uh, the Jets currently a one-and-a-half-point dog against the Broncos. Uh, they're plus one away on the money line in mile high, over-under set at 43-and-a-half. Uh, good Lord, this is a no-go game for me, but what do you have? Yeah. I don't know. That over looks kind of tempting. It does. It does look juicy. Um, I think what I'm going to do, I'm actually going to go with the Jets' money line. Mm. Um, the Chiefs. They did they did well on offense against the Chiefs with a much better unit than the Broncos. Um, and they're finally letting Brees Hall eat, apparently. So I think that could work in their favor. And I just I think their defense is too good to uh let Russ keep cooking like he has been all year. So I'm gonna go with the Jets money line. Um not my most confident pick, but I mean I think I think it's a good shot to, you know, roll the dice on an underdog here. Yeah, I mean, I am gonna go with a Brees Hall anytime touchdown because he is. He was upset that he was on the snap count and not getting the ball. Uh, he looked electric in week one against the Bills. I think they are eager to get him the ball. I think he needs to get in the end zone. Uh, I'll take a, a Brees Hall anytime touchdown. Uh, okay, and then this one's you too. Cowboys Niners. Cowboys currently a three-and-a-half-point dog against the Niners in San Fran, uh, or Santa Clara, rather. Um, Cowboys plus one fifty six on the money line. Over under set at forty five. This is the hammer spot for me. What about you? Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I do like the Niners here, and when Sunday rolls around, I'm sure I'll be betting on them. But I think I'm going to go with the under. Uh, two really good defenses. Two of the easily the best defenses both teams have played. Um, and the Cowboys have really, really been struggling on offense. So I wouldn't be surprised if they only put up ten or thirteen points, which would make the Niners spread a lot easier as well. But I'm going to go with the under here. Um, I just think I think this is going to be a good defensive match. Yeah, I don't think you can stop the Niners. I do, I do not think it's possible with all the weapons they have on offense, with Debo, with Ayuk, with Kittle, uh, with McCaffrey, and then even down all the way to Eli Mitchell and Brock Purdy, who can get loose if he needs to. Uh, I don't think you can stop this team. I am concerned about the Cowboys' run game. Uh, really, really concerned. And they just don't have as many weapons 
Uh, sure, they have Brandon Cook. Sure, they have Michael Gallup. Both of those guys have been contributing as well as Jake Ferguson. But uh, C.D. Lamb is the only super threatening receiver they have. And the Niners will be able to take him off the board. I do not have any concerns about that whatsoever. I think the Niners just outpace them. I think they win this game by a touchdown. I'll take San Fran minus three and a half. Um, that's like one of my picks of the week. I absolutely adore it. And then the final game of the week, Monday night football, Green Bay versus Las Vegas. The Packers are a one-point dog uh, against Las Vegas. Um, or sorry, a one-point favorite. Packers are a one-point favorite in Las Vegas. Uh, Over-under set at 44.5. Uh, Packers money line minus 116. Raiders minus 102. Uh... I'll take a Devontae Adams touchdown. I mean, as long as he plays. If if that changes, then obviously he's just avoid if he doesn't play. But he is kind of banged up. But I think going uh, against the Packers, he's going to want to score. So I'll take Devontae touchdown. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Raiders um, here. I think they just have more overall weapons than the Packers. And the Packers yeah. have been kind of coming out the gate a little slow. So if the Raiders can, you know, put up some early points, they'll be in a great spot. Okay, just gonna take Raiders money line. All right, cool. Uh, what's your lock of the week, buddy? Oh man, I think I think I'm gonna get my lock of the week out of the way early here. I think I'm gonna take my B Rob touchdown. I really, I really like that pick tonight. I think he gets in easy. He might get in two plus. So I'm gonna go with my B Rob touchdown early lock of the week for the folks out there. Beautiful. And both of our locks of the week uh, hit last week. I had the parlay, and you had, uh, I think, just one, but. Yeah, very nice. Uh, for me, I will be parlaying Dolphins minus 10.5 and, uh, and San Fran uh, minus 3.5. Those are my picks of the week. I absolutely love them. Uh, game of the year, I think Dolphins minus 10.5 might be. I haven't declared it yet, but I'll let you know if it's a nuclear missile play soon. Um, yeah, that's what we have here. Thank you guys for um, dealing with us on this short notice. I know the episode was late this week. It's been a weird week. I actually got hired uh, officially uh, for a new job, a real job. So uh, things will be changing a little bit in terms of time slots for us uh, here at Post 20. But don't worry, you'll still get your content. We're not going to stop anytime soon. Jeremy, thanks for making it work this morning. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you check us out on social media at Post20Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can find all past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Enjoy the games this weekend. Best of luck uh, with your bets. Stay safe, and we will talk to you next week.